0: So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women, that's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. This is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder but also all the different ways that we can come back together so thank you for listening and i'm glad that you're here and gonna be cheesy but comment like subscribe there, there was like a really tough year uh, about like 10 years ago in dc um it's actually why i moved from new york to dc oh. basically got a call from my dad i was in grad school mm-hmm. and he's like uh your mom's dying you she is retired she's on my health care i need you to come home and raise your brother and sister and take care of your mother because okay. <laughs> I can't retire because otherwise she won't have insurance and we can't afford any of the medical treatments. Also, your brother and sister are going to go to college at the same time because they're twins. So I, all of a sudden, in grad school, came down here, moved, finished my thesis, was caring for my brother and sister, was caring for my mother, was working a job, all at the same time. my mother actually ended up bouncing back and living another 10 years. But during that time, I was losing my hair. And I was, I was like, I'm going bald. I yeah. this is like female baldness, like this, like my hair is falling out. It's a lot to take on. And um, and then of course went on WebMD. Oh, and then that's I was like, yeah, you know, you're like I am dying. Yes, and <laughs> yeah. I and then it just makes it worse, you yeah. know. And then like I made the mistake of talking to my grandmother, and she was like, Oh, well, we do have that one relative who went bald, and I was like, No, it's in my family. It's genetic involved but like also it's like it's just dead material but so like our beauty standards yeah are unhealthy but also it does have to deal with our health so it's like this delicate balance yeah. of like i'm worried about my health and my well-being but also our beauty standards are whack so anyways that was no, majorly I Like thank
1: you for
2: sharing that story and i'm so sorry that you had to Deal with well, I didn't go bald also. So you did not go bald and, and I did all the
0: things. So gave your
2: family, it's a tough thing to take on, but like what an incredible gift to be able to give your family, you know, like not that you chose necessarily <laughs> to give that gift, but like, yeah. like, thank you for doing that. Um,
0: yeah. I don't deserve any thanks, but thank you for the validation. Of course. Yeah. So. But yeah, so that you just mentioned that and I was like, Oh my God. It's so terrifying when your hair is falling out. And it, you're right, it's just dead, but it's the most live dead thing I worship. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Uh, so I'm going to go totally different subject. Favorite smell. Favorite childhood memory.
2: Oh my god, there was like the there's this restaurant. It's like a hotel. It's called Hotel Bergchowski or something like that in Tel Aviv, and they had this air freshener that smelled so good. Every time I walked in, I was just like. I don't know where I was taken, like, yeah. on a journey. It was so amazing. And the woman I was with, um, she was like, oh, it smells just like this hotel I was at in Tulum. Huh. And, like, two, like, beautiful, you know, great cities yeah. with, like, awesome beaches and travel and stuff. And the guy was like, yeah, I'll show you the name of the air freshener. And it was, like, all in Hebrew. So I was like, oh, I need to take a picture of translate. I never did. But that is the best smell huh. I've ever smelled. And something a little bit close to it, it's... um there's a perfume, it's called Bianca, and I forget the brand name that makes it. It's super expensive, so I just have a tiny, tiny bottle. Um, but that's been a little bit close to yeah. it. And there's, I don't know what like the notes are, anything like that. But for some reason, when I first smelled that, I like gravitated toward it, mm-hmm. and um, it's yeah, an amazing smell. I'll like send a picture, <laughs> please, <laughs> so. yes. But I also, whenever I smell, for some reason, this is kind of embarrassing, but Tommy Girl. It brings me yes. back to like yeah, like yes. middle school. So, yeah. And I was yes. it was like Tommy Girl and Clinique Happy. I can smell both of those. Yes. And those are like my first two perfumes yeah. that I owned. And you know, um I think I was like really happy in that seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth grade area, like middle school, and there were like some things going right in my life. And that scent brings me back to that yeah. time and it's such a, like, I, I don't know if I can wear that scent now, but I wonder if I did, if I would have all of the, like, you know, confidence and happiness of seventh grade Me. Right? I should try it. People would be like, are you wearing
1: Tommy Girl? That was my scent. <laughs> like, first us, like, age 93, Tommy Girl. Yes, like, yeah, yes. That
2: so everyone's, like, first perfume and Clinique Happy. Unfortunately, like, both of those scents just, like, went off as soon as you, like, put them on, so you'd end up buying, like, a ton, mm-hmm. but it was it was really good. And I think favorite childhood memory. I don't know if like one sticks out. I don't know if one sticks out in particular. I have like series. There's something I, so like I was saying before that I had kind of a tough childhood. My mom is, you know, sick now and like has some like undiagnosed mental illness. And we had a very like hard childhood, even though I'm confident she did the best that she could. And, there were periods we were in foster care and different things like that and on food stamps but she used to give us um like for holidays uh we celebrated christmas and hanukkah and you know birthdays and things and she would always try to buy my brother and I each a present like she never wanted one to feel jealous mm-hmm. or either of us to feel like one was more important than the other and i always really appreciate that and i'll always remember her face like when she would give a gift and it would be like early like before the holiday or before birthday she would just get so excited it would actually never be something we wanted or ever expressed interest in getting but like the the thought behind it that she would always look so excited she had this like big smile on her face and it was like like I always knew that no matter what she said or did like she really loved us and times like that were really like you're like I know that my mom loves me because she's like so excited to like, she thought about me when she got this random thing that I never asked for, and she's really excited to give it. So I, I will always remember that. Like no matter what I always think about that. It's a good memory.
0: Okay. Now we're going to go the opposite direction and if it makes it easier, uh, so this is about triggers. Hmm. So Diana knows Diana, actually it's hard to like, I could tell you some of my triggers, but Diana knows like more of my triggers than I do. Cause Diana has to deal with me.
2: Yeah, so like, tell me my triggers. Yeah. So like, if, if, you,
0: if, if you don't want to do this question, we don't have to, um, or I can go first if that makes you feel better. Sure. Okay. Yeah, you go first. Okay. So, uh, Diana pointed out, and this is one that sadly, when it's you, you don't have the benefit of objectivity. um, How do you phrase it? It's about wasting time. So,
1: yeah, you really, when time is wasted and you've done something that you realize you didn't have to do, that just really kind of takes you off.
0: Yeah. And then I'm like, and there were three of us working on this, and that's three times this, and then that's equal to this, and we could have been doing it this, in this order of operations. And that, yeah, that gets super triggered about that. And then there's a point where I need to stop and just be like, okay, that happened. So... Tessa, order of operations, like, okay, so this happened. Don't anxiety loop and waste more time Yeah. because I do that. (laughs) You know, that's that's bad. I I get triggered in that way. We're all anxiety loop. And it's like, I can do one loop and then it's processing. But if I keep going, no good. No good. Got to stop. And that's where it starts. Yeah. Another trigger is, where are you from? No, where are you from really? Really from. what what are you what are yeah Yeah. american no no no. what are you really yeah and i'm like do you you want my entire 23 and me is this like trump and elizabeth warren like yeah yeah, you know like and then well you don't look enough like that or like oh really you know and i'm just i don't know why it bothers me so much and actually one time that i got really triggered about this And it's funny because I was with a white passing Mexican who had mental health issues, regardless. And we were in Annapolis and a stranger just came up. Didn't know this person. Stranger just walked straight up to me and said, you know, where where are you from? And I was like, Wow. Like Yeah. I was Uh, like, not like, Hi, how are you? Or, you know, or like anything, just yeah. And I was like, uh, from the area. And he's like, no, no, where are you from, really? And I was like, no, really from the area. I'm American. And he's like, no, what are you really? (laughs) So this man, he was like, no, 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 really. And I was like, no, 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 from the area. I'm like, I'm American. No, 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 really, really, where are you from? And I was like, no, I'm I'm really American. And then I just proceeded to, like, keep walking because I didn't know this person, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is a little bit odd. And this was, like, the political climate was... People were feeling uncomfortable. This was not too long ago, and we were walking away. And the white-passing Mexican, whose Mexican family had feelings about that, right? Mm-hmm. This is like blonde hair, blue-eyed, but Mexican. Mm-hmm. Turns to me and says, "Why are you such a? F- Excuse my language. I know you don't like this language, but this is a direct quote. Why are you such a fucking pussy that you just passed?" You just passed right there. You just white passed. It's like, why don't you just tell them where you're from? And I was like, you do realize that Iran is not an MFN, right? So things that are considered stereotypes or prejudice or racism when it comes to a country that is not an MFN, that's actually considered potentially Homeland Security. Well, why do you have to even answer that question? And why? And also, why do I owe a stranger an explanation? An explanation of my line? lineage and my genomics. That makes it, you it, know. Is this person
1: is, is this a, fr- a family friend or who is this person? Uh,
0: friend, a bad yeah. news bearers person.
1: That is so. Uh, but it weird. wasn't. Yeah,
0: and I was like, yeah. Why are you such a fucking pussy? Why did you just wipe pass? Why are you ashamed of admitting what you are? You're not ashamed, it's not the person's business. I'm just like, why would a stranger come up to me and ask me like a pointed question at a time that things are politically weird? You know, and it wasn't until afterwards that I was like, wait a second. Sorry about that. Hot, <laughs> calling kettle back. This guy's a white passing Mexican. And also, it is weird if a stranger approaches you and wants to know yes. your ethnicity yes. immediately. And like you, you have no responsibility to interact with that
2: person or respond yeah. to that at all
0: yeah it's not of his business um, none of his business yeah, yeah, yeah. but it also comes into like so there with my family being like lots of different things there's a lot of like you look like the other side of the family you look like the other side of the family and then not really I'm like there's an element of body dysmorphia like I don't know what I look like I don't know where to sit like generally speaking friends were Latin because mm-hmm. I guess I look like them and they were just and there like oh we thought you were oh you're not we should have known about your name but you look like us. You're one of us. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know what I look like. I truly do not know what I look like. And anyway, so that that there are like weird things there, which are so first world problems. Like, but anyways, so that's a trigger it's so when relative, someone's like, like "What that's are meaningful. you really?" Yeah. So that's a trigger for me. Time wasted, Mean forgetting to eat lunch and getting hangry. Woo. Oh well, yeah. You don't want to see me like angry. that. It is bad. So those yeah. are some of my triggers.
2: I will say just on that, and I it, I know it opens up a much larger conversation yes. the what are you, I'm sure we've all had that, what are you, like, and are sometimes people it? too, they'll follow it up, like, if they can see that, you know, if I haven't had Botox and my face is like, what the <laughs> hell are they talking about? They'll be, oh, it's because you're pretty. Like, there's like a cop Ooh. out there and you're like, first of all, like, no, that's not why you ask, but I always get this sense that people need to know like your racial ethnicity that they feel like they need that to continue the interaction. Right. Like because that will color like how they mm-hmm. communicate with you. And I just think it's so it's so strange and it's so unfair. And it just yeah. And I also think that when people ask like, what are you? Or like what's your mom, what's your dad, all this stuff that like it can potentially open up it's like the emotional labor that it like yeah. opens up like a tough conversation or maybe like painful memories. Maybe. That, like, you don't necessarily want to have with a stranger that you just met on the streets. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I'm sorry about that. No, no, no.
0: I mean, it like, is,
2: I, yeah, I feel, I used to feel triggered by that. And no. now I just, I, I feel a lot more confident being, like, none of your business. Yeah. But oh, you say that good. Yeah. yeah. Good. Or sometimes I just good. say, well, obviously I'm Swedish. <laughs>
1: like, know yeah. yeah. Yes! Like, yes.
2: clearly, yes. I'm like, <laughs> I am.
1: both, because I've seen guys do this before. Like, is a, a, have you experienced, like, a guy trying to, you know, holler at you, you know, what do you mix with? Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, because a lot of guys, they All make it What do you mix with? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the funny thing, it's like, no matter what I say, it's like not a satisfying answer for those people because they want me to say like resilient or something like that. And I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, black and white and X, Y, and Z. And they'll be like, no, you're not like this. or You're not that. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Tell me, please, about my ethnicity. man stranger, yeah. please. But uh, so many, like, weird interactions like that when it has to do with, like, the what are you question or where are you from. Sometimes people will just shout random ethnicities at me, which I find particularly fun. Not really. <laughs> like, Brazil. Oh, my gosh. Colombia. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Thank you. That is... Although there was a piece of me that, like, when I get, uh like, somebody assumes that I am Latin, and I'm sure it has to do with all these stereotypes about, like, Latin women being good at dancing and X, Y, and Z, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, or someone's like, you're a beautiful black woman. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> you know, but I that's also weird. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm like I like, I aspire to be more of like a, you know, a better dancer yeah. or like more like self-assured.
1: So thank you for that shout out. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I'm not going to sleep with you, but <laughs> you know,
1: so, so I have something to admit and this is the first time I'm ever admitting this, but this is such a comfortable, uh, atmosphere. This <laughs> conversation is so important. I've actually been on the opposite end of the spectrum, and a friend, um, me and a friend, had this conversation over the weekend. And um, coming up and just seeing what that image of beauty is supposed to look like, and us being Black women, especially women of you know considered darker complexion, there have been a few times in my life where I've been asked that. What are I don't I'm, I don't consider myself like I don't look like Rachel, but some people have asked me like, "What are you?" Especially if my hair is straight and really good, mm-hmm. and I thought I took that as a compliment. And I know I shouldn't yeah. think that way, but that's just to show how 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 much of an effect the media has played. How deep ingrained the Because yes. to me, it's yeah. like, oh, I look mixed. Like that's awesome. Like that's like I I thought that that was a compliment because I was like, wow. Yeah. So it's just it's just so interesting to, to just wow. Yeah. That's so internalized. Yeah. Yeah. I oh like
2: there was a conversation actually like I can't remember what news outlet produced this but I saw it on Facebook and it was like who was it it was a an actress who's like light skinned black woman and mm-hmm. she said like I shouldn't she she was offered a role in Black Panther mm-hmm. and she turned it down and said like a darker a woman of darker complexion should play this like I don't need wow. to like occupy this mm-hmm. space and it opened up a larger conversation around like light skin privilege in like the black community mm-hmm. and it's so true and i i never like i feel and more so when i moved to dc and i was like oh i actually get to be around like more people of color cuz seattle was like pretty homogenous at least when i was growing up and i was like i feel more black and like that's a part of my identity that i really want to rock and i'm really proud of and to like understand and admit like where the privilege comes from and i think when you see like Beyonce somehow like the voice of black women even though she has like the tiniest nose I've ever seen in my <laughs> life and like, you know straight wigs and really light skin and like how that becomes like the symbol of the black community versus like I mean and I guess like there is no like you can't paint like right. black Americans with a broad brush like this is the complexion or this is what your nose should look like and this is what your hair should Very look true. like but like the overwhelming majority is like light skin with like white features mm-hmm. and told that this is a beautiful black woman also everyone says Beyonce's thick like she's still like pretty lean too you know (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's like the features are not like traditionally I I guess again no traditionally because it's all across the board but that is something that as someone who is in that category that's it's hard to think about and hard to talk about but it's like we need to we need to examine and unpack that because it is you know we think about like the little girls growing up today and like what kind you. Mm. That shapes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so a good. So I think it goes without saying the what are you question also triggers yeah, me. Yeah, and, yeah. and forces yeah. you to think about some aspects of your own racial identity that might be particularly painful. It's not relevant usually to the conversation. With the people yeah. who ask that because yeah, people who don't need to ask it are the people I'm close to who know like my the story of my family yeah. and my background. You know, right? So it just yeah. I hate that question.
0: Any other triggers?
2: I think my my partner could probably better answer this one. Yeah, I know he, he knows all the triggers. <laughs> yeah, and probably some that I would be like, I don't have that. But um, yeah, the, I wouldn't say the what are you question makes me mad, but I definitely get like a visceral, like uncomfortable dealing yeah. with that and I mean that's why I started you don't look jewish.com because yeah. I was tired of getting told you don't look like my image of X or what are you doing here in a synagogue mm. in a Jewish space because we are white this is a white you know like <laughs> those kinds of things that has since changed a lot thank goodness Um I think on like the kind of less funny side I was like didn't realize I think it was until Again, with this 2016 election and also with, like, Kavanaugh being put on the Supreme Mm -hmm. Court, that, like, you know, a woman coming forward with very credible allegations of sexual assault and just people being like, why don't you remember all of the details of, like, the most traumatic event of your life and... Not believing women, not valuing women's bodies, women's yeah. privacy, women's safety, women's honesty, women's voice. So many things about us. Um, I found very triggering in a way that I thought I thought I was just listening to it and just kind of observing and laughing and feeling shocked like everyone else. And I realized that had like some really deep kind of negative effects on me. Yeah. And I was talking to a friend when I was back home in Seattle the other day and he's like just now grappling with a sexual assault that happened when he came out and he said it was triggered by uh, watching those hearings and yeah. Dr. Blasey Ford and Kavanaugh. And yeah, I didn't realize that that would have such a deep effect on me, but then I lost a huge chunk of hair and was feeling super down during yeah. those periods and thinking a lot about those subjects. So that's really triggering. I'm sure I have so many other triggers that I just wouldn't be able to identify that. It's just like two that I'm particularly... Yeah, so laughing if I, you know, a uh, lighter side laughing trigger if I laugh too hard, I will pee. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. just
0: I also I really like it when people laugh and then snort. I find it one of oh. the most heartwarming things ever because <laughs> <I, laughs> you know that, that, that it's like
2: a real laugh. Yeah. Like, yeah, seriously. Yeah,
0: and I'm just gonna say something about Kavanaugh and all of that. I, there was part of that narrative that really got to me um and it was the where is the due process like if we believe women then it's guilty before innocent and then finally I got to this point I was like meditating really deep on it and I was like wait a second the due process goes both ways so that means that the woman's allegations that she is also innocent before proving guilty so how come it means that she's guilty of lying yeah, absolutely. Like if you know like if if we're really going to go with this due process thing, then that means that you believe her exactly. until you prove that she is a liar. It doesn't just go the oh now every man is No. It's like no, completely. so you have to believe her until that's really good And point. underreporting is very very real. Um and that's a problem. That's
2: something I mean I I feel like I thought about it in so many different ways and I hadn't Thought about that piece of it. So thank you for that. So that triggers like, me. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm like due process goes. Yeah. because it is like I, the simple courage for, you know, Dr. Blasey Ford, uh, Anita Hill, like all of these women, like, I can't mm-hmm. even remember the name of the most recent woman who, you know, cause there are so many, there yeah. are so many, um, there are more women you know, with the credible allegation that we have running for Democratic oh, president, God. which is a
0: huge Which number. is insane. Yeah,
2: but, like, uh, you know, the courage to come forward, like, yeah. that just, that act alone takes such an incredible amount of courage.
0: And whistleblowers mm-hmm. are not, they are vilified.
2: Whistleblowers are absolutely vilified. Yeah. So, like,
0: if you're going to do it, it's, you don't, you don't get fame, you don't get, like, no, you are vilified. Yeah. So you were doing it because... Most likely it happened and it's important and you don't want it to happen moving forward. Yeah. So you're paying that forward. I mean, when you think about, I'm
2: thinking this week too, about like, and they're all like Ted and the same circle of friends together, like this Epstein guy and how much he got away with over the years. And he was like protected by powerful men and some powerful women as well. And like the courage that these the most recent women had to come forward i mean women have come forward like against him throughout the years which we're now finding out but like most recently like i would be scared shitless because this guy is like some powerful people around Mm -hmm. him and they're putting their reputations on the line yeah i think describing sexual assault allegations in such a public forum is also probably traumatic so no thank you for sharing that but this things been like really triggering, yeah. So, and another reason why I'm just like, God, we need to get like more women in office, and uh, I guess I think women will have a different approach to these stories and to handling these things, both in like the public narrative sense but also in like the legislative sense, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of off topic, but okay, we're like, I don't, okay. think, we're I remember, like, we're I don't think I've ever shared a yeah, story before, right, but over. um looking for kindergartens. Um, and this is like in the 80s when everyone was like, diversity, when diversity first became a buzzword. And we're like, we want diversity. And so my parents were you know, going to various public schools and like charter schools and things like that, trying to find like the best school for me and realized that this was, and this was during the Iran hostage situation where every night, Walter Cron- Cronkite was on the news saying, the Iranians have now kept the hostages as though A, it was like this entire cabal like every Iranian across the globe was simultaneously yeah. part of some like secret network to keep these hostages right. instead of like the insurgent government or the new regime that was not elected or like any other way that you could say it it was the Iranians yeah. right and this was what everyone was hearing every night um and there were some schools and this is illegal who didn't want me because they thought it and they, I don't know what it would be insensitive. This is before we had the word trigger, that it would be insensitive to the other students to have an Iranian girl there. So really? schools, yeah, which is illegal. And my parents were basically just went the route of, okay, well, we just escaped a ticket to the Titanic. Let's keep looking. Ended up going to a Quaker school that they had to pay for. So less self-care because they wanted me to be safe. But even then, I remember... Uh, and this, I can't remember. It, there was, like, the Walter Cronkite thing did not help. And there was one point when, um, like, because of that and because of the hostage situation on the playground, like, I was being bullied and, like, kids were hurting me and they were, like, rocks or whatever. And I remember I came home and I remember what my dad said. And I apologize if this is, like, unclear. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've God. literally it's never just. space stories. but my dad said you think you have it bad just be glad that you were not black in America he was like you have it better you've never like we've never been lynched here never been slaves here some kids threw rocks at you you are gonna have a way easier time than other people and don't forget that and that was how did you feel
1: initially when you heard that yeah.
0: like terrified You know, because it's, like, scary to have kids throw rocks at you because of something that Walter Cronkite's been saying every night. And then realizing that, like, you're actually privileged. That, like, you know, that you thought it was a bad day, but, like, you're actually lucky. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's, it's kind of amazing that he said that with, like, the experience he had gone through. And just, like, I think that that whole narrative sometimes is hard to grasp, especially for first generations of, like, gone through so much themselves you know their own stories of of suffering and trauma but at the same time too i i do think that like suffering is it's really important to understand these narratives and what other people face but it's still relative to you right so that like at the time getting rocks you on the playground is like traumatic for anybody absolutely right but like, it's, it's
0: also it's like
2: it's important to have that i'm um, like, like I yes i to you But that is still
1: really, really sad, you know? And being banned from schools because of your ethnicity. Yeah. Like, I've never experienced that before as a black person in America.
0: Well, I mean,
1: let's talk about segregation. Yeah. So, uh, but there is, there, like,
2: I think, you know power and privilege it shifts from it generation to generation unfortunately for our community it has not like we're still we're gonna get that yeah. full acceptance yeah. but um I think like you know there were periods of time like my mom grew up in New York City and as a Jewish person and you think New York City is like you know, very open, diverse and full of Jews that she used to get beat up all the time when she was a kid. And it was very dangerous to be like openly Jewish. And that's completely shifted. So you don't like as a kid coming, you know, like your parents were like new in this country. Like that could be the norm. Like I think that culture and all of that shifts, As we've seen in the last few years, like so quickly, what becomes normal and acceptable, and things can quickly become dangerous. So, like, Mm -hmm. I don't like, I think that what your dad said was incredibly wise, but I also don't want to discount like the experience you had and that it must have been frightening, and you don't know what the future is of your ethnic group sometimes. Absolutely.
0: Well, that leads me to my next question then, um, which is how to be an ally. Because if we're losing discourse, if there are what seemed to me, and correct me if I'm wrong if you feel differently, um, pretty clear and obvious attempts to divide us Mm -hmm. and divide groups, make them against each other. I feel like I'm seeing that happen from a particular space. Yeah. Um, And logically, I know why that would work as a tactic. So how to be an ally, but also how to be an ally without being without stealing the mic from someone.
2: Yeah. I, um, yeah, I to not be a Scarlett Johansson right now. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, because there's that, that element. I'm, like?
0: like, kind Sorry, of... Sorry,
2: ScarJo, like, you're a great actress, but but you should... Yeah, no,
0: that was, that was whack. Self-awareness. I, you Especially know... for someone who's always, isn't she always saying how she's Mensa? Um, like, you had a Mensa fail. I feel like...
2: I don't know, maybe it was like some bootleg <laughs> test that she took or something is it's not the first time she's made that kind of gap and it's just or you know, just speaks to the fact that like, you know, when you get to a certain level as an actress that you're very insulated and everyone's like, Yeah, you, your ideas rock.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: Emperor with no clothes, yeah, that it's like someone needs to although I love like her partner Colin Jost. He does weekend update. I think he's hilarious and brilliant. And I really I'm hoping that he maybe like talks some sense into or at least right. Michael Che, the guy who he does weekend update with, which is mm-hmm. is is also a very funny comedian. Um I so in terms of like how I, I think the best way to be an ally and provide like allyship is I always just ask like if I'm in a space where where that's a possibility because I, I know in my own like the communities to which I belong that it's like you can't paint any of them with a broad brush and how people want to be like supported and how how they want to be supported and how they need to be supported and I think it varies from situation to situation person to person group to group and it's impossible to know you know but it's sort of that idea of like treat everyone the way they want to be treated mm-hmm. so I, right. I usually just ask you know sometimes it's like direct advocacy sometimes it's stand next to me sometimes it's listen sometimes it's don't be present so yeah yeah. and I think that concept of just passing the mic is important to like to give other women other marginalized groups whether it has to deal with like ability, sexual orientation gender identity all of those things to give other people a platform um, if I have that privilege to just make space for other voices in the conversation whether they're a part of my community or like something I identify with or not just to make the world a more beautiful kaleidoscope of, yeah. of
0: representation so so I feel like that story with my dad was basically helpful in the sense that my dad called me out he was like yeah that sucks but also your privilege. and so I think out of that how do I, how could I be a better ally for, say, you two in this room? Because mm-hmm. like my dad said, like, it could be a lot worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know. Do you want to go first?
1: Sure. Um, I mean, honestly, I think you are a great ally because you're always open and available.
0: And I talk too much.
1: But that's good because um, it, you, you share um, your perspective, which is, I've always found helpful. I mean, I've learned a lot from working with you for the past few years. But I just think the fact that you're just so open. And some people are just wired to debate. Like, you know, some people you talk to, them, it's like everything you say, they have to go opposite. And it's mm-hmm. like it doesn't have to always be a debate. And um, I know even if you don't agree, you'll listen. You'll still listen. And you don't find the need to try to fight against something all the time. But you're, you always listen. So I think that's how you are great online because you listen and you try to understand. And uh, you're, you're quicker to, to connect than to correct. You're quicker to find what we have in common than to. Because we have more in common, than we do differences always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're quicker to, to, you know, okay, how can we connect? You know, what do we have in common? Because our, uh, what we have in common is greater than our differences. So,
2: so let me... Oh, sorry. It's more of like keep doing what you're doing and so with this, don't do what others are doing. <laughs>
0: yeah, Just do what you're doing. Anyway. I guess then with this podcast and with my place in this podcast, is there something or is there constructive criticism that I could be a better ally for kaleidoscope with human beings out there
2: I, mean, I think what you're doing is great i think to continue to do that and continue to seek feedback find also voices that are like yours and as well as voices and faces and the stories that are different but i think it's amazing what you're doing because you have this unique platform and a gift of storytelling and a gift with media and and creating that you've, you've opened that space up for others so i would just say to continue to do that and I, I think like I a lot of for being people on here. Oh my gosh, it's my yeah, pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Like oh, really no, this is great. Really but I will just like one quick thing to add is like, I think like when we're, we're really focused on like DNI, that it's like mm-hmm. you're always like I want to find what's different than what's most marginalized, but also like find people who are like you as well. Yeah. You know, because you represent a really unique group, and it's not just like representing, you know marginalized with all the voices because that's what we really need and want in yeah. this conversation so and I I'm not always thinking about that either I'm like I don't always make a space for straight white men like they'll find their way in eventually <laughs> they always do but like you know just to be conscious of yeah. like the full breadth of of what uh what diversity looks like but you are doing an awesome job and I, I feel honored that's to no that's us here. that's all of us we did this all together so Yeah, thank you for being a part of it. Yeah, this is really, this is awesome. I feel honored to even be, like, asked to, to be a part it's of it. Awesome. Thank so thank you.
0: You. thank you. Thank you. So here's hoping that we get a really awesome strategic partnership so that we can do this on a greater and reach more people. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Yes. yeah, and, and if you have any advice for us about that, we would be grateful yeah, to hear that. Partnerships are definitely. you on, like, the, um
2: like, there are all these just, and I hate, like, sometimes, like, I'll recommend, like, oh, it's, like, a a pitch or, like, this fellowship or something, and it puts a lot of work on creators to, like, do Mm -hmm. those applications. But have you been sent any of those or people?
0: We're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. Uh, Spotify just started its own exclusive um, podcast studios. And, like, I think that would be a great space to get in because that's actually – they have the reach. They now have the infrastructure. And it's actually a revenue generating platform. That's awesome. Yeah. Which I think podcasting really needs. Yeah. So that's like that would be the north. But the star. Commercials are really where they get like a little money, right? Or is well, that well, just sustain really them? Interesting is that apparently in the last year in the millennial demographic, yeah. which like always don't even get me started. Because like generally speaking, a generation is twenty years. And when they talk about millennials, it's like all the children of the baby boomers. So like the echo like, boomers yeah. and it's, like, it's yeah. 40 years, like everyone from 40 years. And I'm like, that's not it. But generation. then Gen Z gets like their own. And it's like you we're know, lumped with all these songs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But anyway, so millennials um, in the last year were going to Spotify four times as frequently for podcasts as they were for music. And Spotify suddenly realized we're not a music platform. Yeah. we a podcasting platform. So they're making some changes. So that's why I think like getting in there would be good. Or doing we had like a fellowship a few
2: years ago uh, where it was like they were just giving money to like creators. Okay. So we need to like go a little bit deeper into our options. But there are a few different things for like I'll keep my ears out because I, I've heard of a few things. I just like I wasn't thinking of like the startup podcast yeah. space, so it didn't speak to me yet, but I'm gonna like, go through, like... And I get sent a lot of different things like that for, like, startups and stuff, so I'll keep... Yeah. Thank you. But at least for storage, like, I can go with credits if you want to put it online. Thank you, Thank you. (laughs) As long as I'm, like, in this (laughs) world.
0: (laughs) So there's one last question, and this is... It's kind of, like, the general, like, what are your social media handles? Where would you like people to find you? But I want to couch this instead with the where would you like people to find you or interact with you but how or where would you like them to find you and interact with you in a way that helps dial down the work-life balance stress and helps dial down the emotional labor so not like here's all of my information not everyone who's going to listen is like hey can I get a job mm-hmm. like how would you like people to interact with you in a way that Dials down that work-life balance that is impossible. Oh, I would like
2: people to interact with me when I'm the paid keynote speaker at conferences. But that's not really happening right now, so we'll (laughs) table that for. Okay, wait. So, paid, yeah. So, reach
0: out with inquiries for speaker (laughs) engagements.
2: Um,
0: I through LinkedIn.
2: You know, okay. So, I get a lot of LinkedIn requests, and I accept all of them. And I get way too many messages and I don't keep up with them. Most of them are from people who are looking for jobs. I am always more than happy to connect people to employment opportunities, networking opportunities. That's like a joy I find. But I don't want to do a lot of coffee dates. I I get a lot of reach outs for like, hey,
1: can we do a coffee
2: date to talk about X, Y, Z? I don't want to do a coffee date to talk about jobs. I'll do a coffee date to talk about your personal project or something like that, mm-hmm. but just not like awesome. jobs. Like I'll recommend you for the job without even knowing you. Like I'm just like put that out there. Cause that saves both of us time <laughs> that we don't have. Like I, I wish, I wish they had a nicer way of telling people that. And I would just make that an auto response in my Facebook and LinkedIn yeah. account that like I'll give anyone a job. But yeah, coffee dates are a little bit tough because, like, time-wise, it's just hard to hard to build the time in for those. But I do. I mean, we met through like an awesome coffee date, yeah. so I will take take those. I don't know. Just like send me a message. On I feel so basic saying this, but like shoot me DMs and Instagram. I'm pretty good at answering those. But I I want to hear more about people's interesting projects. I'm always looking for opportunities. And I'm I'm always if there's a good fit, like happy to connect others to things that are going on in my world. But
0: yeah. So what is your Instagram
2: handle? Oh, so my Instagram handle is, uh, at Taddy foes. That's my like Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everything. It's like at Taddy foes for all social media. It was my nickname in high school. Taddy foes is fatty toes because I have like really bizarre looking feet, which are sitting on this pillow. They're not pedicured right now. My toes. Wait, are. they totally are. My toes are incredibly fat. Like I've been to like the doctor's office and they're like, oh my God, your feet are so swollen. And I'm like, yeah, no, this is uh, normal. <laughs> so everything I eat goes to my feet. It's so weird. They look like Flintstone feet. But yeah, so Taddy foes for fatty toes. <laughs>
0: Oh my God. Well, first of all, there's like, <laughs> do your feet support your weight? Can More you than enough. Them? Like, awesome. yeah. Then yes, they're functioning. Exactly there's feet. nothing wrong with your feet.
2: I will say, too, because my feet are like a brick, like each one like a brick. When I was a gymnast, these things yes. were solid on the balance beam. Like, they were just like, not nice. going anywhere. Yeah, so nice. yeah. Yeah. Like my little Flintstone feet get me from point A to point B. So, um, so Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. But, nice. but it'll make it easier for people to remember at Taddy foes, from all it. Of social media.
0: Perfect. Did I ask you to ask me a question that makes me uncomfortable?
2: Oh my God. Um that is a really tough okay, yeah. Are you um are you okay right now?
0: Are you <sighs> like health health wise? So, actually, I just got some good news yesterday. I was having, uh, yeah, I was having a cancer scare. And yesterday, um, had a whole bunch of appointments, a whole slew of appointments. And first one came back with, yeah, this is weird, but seems fine. Keep an eye on it. Um, the other thing was, this is stress-induced. We think we know what it is. Here's a new medication. And the other one was... Surprise, it's benign, you don't have cancer. So uh, health is good, okay. health is good. Okay. Went through went through like a rough time. Oh. Having some family stressors as a result of the loss of my mother and like the dynamics and the dealing with the estate. And then Gosh, still trying weird. to work while dealing with that is something that I'm figuring out. But shout out to my therapist who was amazing. And also my friends and talking about stuff like this really helps. Good. Really helps. So I think that given the circumstances and especially given the news that I got yesterday, I am happy to be alive. Good. I'm very happy happy you're alive. alive. I'm happy that you were both alive. Yes. So yeah, life is life is life. But like, I am very glad glad to be here, you know? Yeah, yeah. you're full of
1: That's good.
2: So. And I'm hoping that, you know, Family dynamic, all that stuff is really tough, and I can't even begin to imagine what it's like being there, but we're we're here, I'm here, and... Same, ditto, an awesome
0: same. Yeah. And, like, also, the more I talk to people about it, I'm like, family dynamics? It's therapeutic,
1: and we all Woo! have our family stuff. Yes, we every family.
2: family it really, it's, like, the, the things that you come out with and say, like, this is difficult, I'm going to have a moment where I think this is crazy, I'm going to be vulnerable. People are like that resonates yeah and you're like oh, i'm not alone exactly <laughs> so, yeah 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 and that's
0: right. that's amazing because you're like scared you're like oh, i'm gonna be a freak and then instead everyone chimes in and they're yeah. like
1: well, we'll oh um, <laughs>
0: yeah so, and i'm like oh my god
1: yeah. thank yeah. you yeah. my Russia.
2: people yes i've learned a lot from like i mean multimedia has opened up the world like connectivity the internet all of that of course has been great podcasts too like i'm like Listening to, like, relationship advice yeah. podcasts. Like, my news comes from there. I, there was an interview with Megan Rapino the other day, and she was like, I don't listen to music before games anymore. I listen to podcasts. Mm. Like, podcasts get me amped up. So it's, like, informative, but also just, like, yeah. that's, like, enjoyable now. It's yeah, like, I know people enjoy this podcast, and I hope that they... So give it
0: five stars <laughs> well thank you so thank much for you. sharing your time thank with us you. and i know that your time is incredibly valuable thank and you. scarce so the fact that you shared so it's much of us with <laughs> yeah. is so amazing fun.